Hello, welcome to Big Brain Time with Lauren. Today we'll be talking about some very serious issues that honestly don't get talked about enough. I want to touch on a bunch of topics like homelessness, poverty, food insecurity, all of that fun stuff. I'll also talk about who is more likely to be homeless or experience poverty because being poor is not an equal game. So sit back, relax, and get ready to grow your brain. Disclaimer, this podcast will not actually make your brain grow. As of 2019, there is currently an estimated 553,742 homeless population in the United States, according to the National Alliance to End Homelessness. Homelessness is not a new problem. In fact, I'm sure many of you listening have spotted one or more homeless people on your way to work, school, or the grocery store. Sometimes we might stop to help these people by giving them food, money, or blankets for an especially chilly night. It's clear that we as a society are aware that homelessness is an issue in our communities. However, what is more important than simple awareness of this issue is the way in which we perceive the overall idea of homelessness and poverty. We know what makes someone homeless. It seems pretty simple. Um, If someone is literally unhoused without a roof over their head or without a permanent address of some sort, they are considered homeless. The term homelessness dates back to the 18th century and it was used to describe people known as tramps who are scouring the United States trying to find work. Obviously, today in the United States, the word tramp holds a different meaning. However, the name still stands in other countries, such as the UK. Before about the 19th century, homelessness was not seen as a problem. But in the 1870s, these homeless people, or tramps, would ride the rails in search of jobs. This means that they would utilize the newfound railroad system as a source of travel in order to find work. This is when homelessness began to evolve into an actual social problem. People began to see these tramps as lazy and unwilling. Even though the homeless population at the time was very much willing and actually searching for work, Moving forward to the World War II era, we can see that homelessness was very much institutionalized and the homeless were transformed into an actual social group and that government programs such as welfare had been created specifically for homeless and impoverished individuals. Today, we are in the modern era of homelessness. Our society is experiencing different, more complicated aspects of homelessness, uh, such as gentrification and budget cuts to government agencies. Both of these are a result of the most recent recession. We have also categorized homelessness depending on situational severity. Um, I'll go through the categories briefly, um, just so we have an understanding, but category one is transient homelessness. These are those who only experience homelessness once for a brief period of time. Um, So maybe they just fell upon hard times uh, just one time in their life, Um, but then it's assumed that they kind of get it together and move on. Um, Category two is episodic homelessness. Um, This includes people who 
have brief but frequent stays at a shelter. Um, so these are people who are seen kind of going in and out of shelters. Um, you know, maybe they'll find um, somewhere that they think will be a good home for them and then it ends up not being the situation that they expected. So they have to return for, to the shelter. Um, the third category is chronic homelessness. Um, and this is really uh, what we perceive as the formal definition of homelessness, which um, these include those people who stay overnight at shelters and they essentially treat the shelter as their home um, for as long as they can. Um, and this categorization can indeed be helpful. Uh, it helps to understand one's living situation. It can help someone get the resources that they need um, based on um, their situation, but it can also be detrimental. Um, as someone who is categorized lower on the scale may not be prioritized as they should be uh, in terms of care. It's now important to understand what denotes someone as being in poverty. So what have we decided what poverty looks like? The official poverty line was established in 1964 by President Lyndon B. Johnson. His goal was to essentially designate the portion of the population who would be considered poor. Johnson determined that families spend about a third of their income on food. So the official poverty line ended up equaling the cost of food times three before income tax and adjusting for inflation. The line can also be adjusted based on household size. Now, throughout history, there have been many critiques of the official poverty line. Uh, one of these being that the cost of living is significantly higher in some areas than others, um, meaning that a more accurate measure of poverty should be in reference to an area's standard cost of living. Um, the poverty line also neglects other resources which are needed to survive, such as health care, um, and then other uh, things that are kind of seen as extra but still necessary, like uh, school supplies and clothing. Um, the official definition of the poverty line also means that families um, would be spending less than $1 per meal when you look at um, the numbers. So this is just completely implausible, um, especially today we've seen from the result of the pandemic, the rising cost of food and things like that. There are also issues with government assistant programs, uh, which are designed to help those who are in poverty. Um, one of the most widely utilized government assistant programs is SNAP, uh, formerly known as food stamps. The SNAP program has been highly stigmatized by society. Um, it's assumed that those who use SNAP are lazy, do not have jobs, and ultimately abuse the benefits of the program. In reality, uh, about 82% of SNAP recipients are children, elders, or disabled. Um, if we value SNAP benefits using American currency, the average benefit per person is just $1.50 per meal. This is clearly nothing over the top. Um, and clearly, uh, you really cannot make uh, a meal um, out of $1.50, at least one that would be uh, nutritionally adequate. Um, so the cutoff for SNAP is questionable too. 
Um, so in order to qualify for SNAP, you must be at least 130% below the federal poverty line. Um, this is an issue for many food insecure families um, because they just aren't considered poor enough to receive benefits. Uh, there are plenty of families who are food insecure um, and, you know, they, they are not a whole 130% below the poverty line. Um, so that is a really big issue that people um, who are in need are not getting help. Overall, we can pretty much agree um, that the prevalence of poverty and what should qualify someone as being in poverty have been extremely underestimated by the government. Um, now, going back to homelessness, we'll kind of switch back and forth on the topics and we'll see how these data converge. Um, one of the main social issues which impacts homelessness is how we frame it as a society. Um, so framing occurs when an issue such as homelessness is brought to light in some way by the media. Uh, the media source just decides to kind of cherry pick um, certain ideas or notions out of a large situation and use just that tiny detail um, or bit of information in order to change an audience's way of thinking. Um, it's sort of like manipulation. Uh, historically, homelessness has been framed as a temporary problem or an emergency. Um, due to this emergency status, uh, the responsibility of the homeless has been placed on government organizations like FEMA, um, who FEMA responds to disasters and emergencies and things uh, rather than on societal structure as a whole. Um, so another result of the framing of homelessness is its apparent disconnect from poverty. Um, since poverty is seen as a more permanent issue, um, it is almost pushed aside by society while homelessness's emergency status takes the spotlight. Um, we constantly become aware of homeless people, um, depending on where we live, um, and we encounter them almost every day. However, during this small glimpse inside the world of homelessness, we do not see the underlying issues of poverty which are attached to it. We can give homeless individuals houses, but there still remain issues such as mental health, substance use, education, and more. Um, this is all according to Blasi 2008. Um, the separation of homelessness from poverty is a notion which is detrimental to solving both issues. In reality, um, homelessness and poverty are inextricably linked to one another, according to the National Coalition for the Homeless. As noted in this article from 2017, poor people are often forced to decide between necessities. These necessities include food, health care, and, wait for it, housing. Many poor people are constantly on the brink of homelessness, meaning that any small change of circumstance could mess up or change their entire situation. Taking into account this information, it seems unfeasible that poverty should be treated of less importance or any less emergent than homelessness. Now, um, when we talk about large systems, um, we've discussed society, um, it is evident that homelessness and poverty are not spread equally across groups um, such as race, gender, and age. Um, 
All of the following statistics are based on data from the current year, 2022. We first have to look at racial disparities in homelessness. Currently, 39.8% of the homeless population is African American. Now, if you're just an average listener, this percentage might seem a little bit low. You know, it's, it's less than half. It's fine. But, um, however, we're not, we're not just talking about black and white. We are talking in comparison to Caucasians, Native Americans, Pacific Islanders, Asians, um, and other denoted ethnicities all combined. Um, next, we have gender differences. Uh, 61% of homeless persons are men and boys. Uh, children make up 20% of the homeless population. And also, kind of newer statistics, uh, we can look at sexual orientation, where 42% of these homeless youth identify as LGBTQ+. So, as we draw to an end here, um, I just want to close out with a few questions that should really keep us thinking about some of these issues because I I just want you to take something with you um, today. So my first question is, before listening today, were homelessness and poverty two separate issues in your mind? Or were they just lumped into this one uh, idea of the poor? Now, there's something that we really didn't touch on today um, that much, and that is how we as a general population can make a difference in the lives of the poor. Um, So what can we do as typical members of society to kind of combat this uh, epidemic of poverty? Finally, just one more thing to think about. Um, The next time that you come across someone in need, Um, Will you judge them by whether or not they have a roof over their head? Um, Will you assume their situation due to the name brand clothing that they are wearing, the food that they are, um, the food that they are eating, um, the house that they live in? Uh, I hope that today's topic of homelessness and poverty was an eye opener for some of you. Homelessness and poverty are both very serious and ongoing issues in today's world and their prevalence has been highly underestimated. The greatest takeaway from today's episode should be to never assume someone's situation by what you see on the outside. They could be a single dollar away from slipping into a much worse situation. I hope that you take all of this information with you and remember to never judge a book by its cover, a family by its house, or a person by their clothing.